At the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus shares a word with his disciples and with us about how we can make a difference in the world. Yeah, you and me. Regardless of how talented or useful you might feel like you are or aren't, God can use you because of the authority that God has given to us to make a difference in the world. We're grateful today to have the sermon offered by the Reverend Dr. Paul Chilcote. He's a noted Wesley scholar who has made an impact in countries around the world, especially in Africa, who is our special guest mission speaker this week. We know you'll enjoy this sermon as together we are open to what God can do through you and me. My wife Janet and I spent time in God's mission. Uh, we happened to go to Africa, but all of us know that mission isn't around the world somewhere else. Mission is also right here, right in your neighborhood. And so it's exciting for me to have the opportunity to reflect with you on this amazing text that we've just heard, sometimes called the Great Commission, and the focused attention we can give today on God's mission uh, in the life of the world. Now, as you can well imagine, you can take this text in many different directions, but I want to focus our attention on what I call the four alls of the Great Commission. You may not have noticed them as that text was read to you, but there are actually four alls in this statement that are really significant. First, there's all authority. Secondly, all peoples. Then all teachings. And finally, all time. And what's interesting to me as a Methodist, as a Wesleyan Christian, is how all four of these alls point to the Wesleyan vision of mission. So we can look not only at mission, but also at the importance of our Wesleyan heritage as we seek to be faithful in our mission in the life of the world. The foundation of it all is Christ. All authority is in Christ. But then there are three characteristics, healing and hope, hospitality, and holiness. Now, I'm not going to take all these in that, in that order, but these are the, the four alls that I want us to focus our attention on today. So let me start with all authority is in Christ. This is what I would call our foundation in mission. There's a, a wonderful true story about a Swedish king. And this king was, uh, I'll say, up country, far from Stockholm and out out in the, in the uh, hinterlands of Sweden. But he worshipped every Sunday. So they found a small little Lutheran parish church out in the countryside, and they sent word late on Saturday night that the king would be worshiping with them in the morning. Now, you can imagine the panic that flooded through this uh, parish pastor in this Lutheran church. He didn't know quite what to do. Well, he, all, they all arrived in the morning, and the king and his retinue all came in, filled up much, much of the church. And the pastor decided, I'm, I'm going to abandon my sermon and just say a lot of really good, true things about the king. Basically spent his sermon on the king. Well, several weeks after this event, a huge crate arrived at the church. And as they opened the crate, they discovered a life-size crucifix 
So the cross with Jesus being crucified with this note. So by order of the king, this crucifix will be affixed to the pillar immediately opposite the pulpit. So whoever ascends to preach the gospel from that pulpit will be perennially reminded of their proper subject. Jesus Christ is our proper subject. Jesus Christ is the foundation of mission. Secondly, to move into these three characteristics, first I want to talk about hospitality. And I link this with all of Jesus' teachings because the longer I I navigate this journey with Christ through life, the more hospitality stands out as one of the most critical aspects of who we are as the followers of Jesus, a people of hospitality. And this speaks to me about the method of mission. I imagine you may have heard the name Jürgen Moltmann from a gray in some of his preaching or in conversation or study. Uh, Jürgen Moltmann will go down in history as the theologian of hope, the founder of the theology of hope. Uh, I had the great privilege of meeting Professor Moltmann when I was doing my doctoral studies at Duke University. He was a frequent visitor to Duke. And one day I mustered up all my courage and went to Professor Moltmann and invited him to lunch. And he agreed. And we shared a marvelous time together uh, around that meal. Well, as we sat down, uh, I thought I ought to say a little bit more about myself. So uh, I told Professor Moltmann that I was a PhD student at Duke and I was working in Wesley studies with Frank Baker. And he interrupted me, he said, oh, would you like to hear a story about Frank Baker? (laughs) And I kind of sat back to take it all in. He said, during the Second World War, there was a German prisoner of war camp on the northeast coast of England near Hull. And there was a Methodist pastor and his wife who served the circuit uh, that that prison happened to be located in. And they felt deep down inside that they ought to do something in relationship to those German prisoners. So they developed an idea and they went to the commander one day and they said, we would like permission to take one of your German prisoners with us on Sunday morning to worship with us in our churches and then share our Sunday dinner together before we bring them back to the prison. He said to their utter astonishment, he agreed. So he said through the course of the war, there was a steady stream of German soldiers who worshiped and ate with the bakers in their home. And then he paused. And he looked at me intently and he said, Paul, one of those young German soldiers was a man by the name of Jürgen Moltmann. And it was at the baker's Sunday dinner table that the seed of hope was planted in my soul. We never know who we're entertaining. When we offer hospitality, when we create safe space for people, in our lives, in our church. We never know what God will do with that. 
we're called to welcome all as if they were Christ. Second characteristic is holiness. Now that's a word that scares a lot of people. But I link it in this text with that idea of all time. All time. You know, certain things last through time. So I think of this as the goal of mission. What is the goal of partnering with God in God's mission in the world? And I link that goal with one of the most persistent, present realities in life, and that's light. That's light. Light lasts, persists, breaks through the darkness. Leslie Weatherhead was a, an amazing Methodist preacher in England during the Second World War. And according to his son, the story I'm going to share with you now was his favorite story. It's about a little English boy. This boy lived in a family with one older brother. Uh, and they decided to establish something of a tradition. Um, the older brother, when he was at what they felt was the right age, was taken by his father for a full day's excursion in London. And so that tradition was handed down to this younger uh, brother. Uh, and the day came, and they were ready for him to have his great day in London with his dad. He was so excited he could hardly sleep the night before, and they got up early, took the train into the city, and had what you might expect, just an amazing blitz of all of the great sights of London. They came back home late that night, and as his mom was kind of tucking him into bed and saying goodnight, she said, what was your favorite part of the day? She said, well, we, we saw a lot of amazing things, but I remember one really big church, and it was filled with all different colors of glass. And when the light shone through, it made the whole place beautiful. Isn't that what we're called to be and to do as the followers of Jesus? To become transparent to the light of Christ that shines through us and makes the world perhaps a bit more beautiful because of that light. John Wesley said our, our calling as Methodists is to spread scriptural holiness throughout the land. It's like shining a light. It's like holding up a vision, illuminating the world with beauty. The final uh, aspect of this Wesleyan vision of mission has to do with healing and hope. And I'm so thrilled that Janet, my wife, is here with me today to help me preach this sermon and to share with you about some really important aspects of healing and hope that are dear to her heart. Good morning. I'm so excited to be able to be here with you today and share a mission moment about Zoe Empowers, my absolute favorite mission of bringing light into the world in dark places. I'm a retired elder in the Florida Annual Conference, and I've been part of Zoe since its beginning in 2005, and I currently serve as a volunteer on the Zoe staff in retirement. Zoe Empowers' mission centers on reaching the most desperate, impoverished, and hopeless children and youth around the world 
touching them with Jesus' light and love, and empowering them to have the abundant lives that God means for every child. First, I wanna say a big thank you to Hyde Park United Methodist Church for your support of the Gulf Central District Zoe Empowerment Group in Rwanda. 25 to 30 child-headed families being funded by district churches throughout the area. On a recent trip, the Zoe team was astonished at what these young people had accomplished in just the six months since joining the Zoe program. For those not familiar with Zoe Empowers, Zoe identifies the neediest orphans and vulnerable children in an area and forms them together into a community support group. They receive systematic training on health, agriculture, starting businesses, and they receive small inputs financially along the way. They do group projects over the three years, building towards their graduation and self-sufficiency. Our data shows that in three years, more than 95% of these children are thriving, they're business owners and leaders in their church and community, and they never need charity again. It's amazing. I wanna share you though, a couple of personal stories of young people who were met on the recent trip to Rwanda. Before joining Zoe, Alphonse says she worked all day to get food and often went hungry. She still remembers being a laborer. They often work from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., collecting grass, weeding, or carrying manure, and they're paid only a few sweet potatoes. She could not get medicine when she was sick. Now she describes the benefit of working together as a group and no longer feeling isolated because members of her Zoe group come to visit her. Together they planted sweet potatoes on rented land and will have their first harvest soon. Alphonse decided her business would be selling pineapples, which she buys at 300 francs and sells at four to 500 francs. She can now buy food for herself and her sister, and they eat beans and porridge. They've learned to grow and eat vegetables through Zoe, and they have a kitchen garden that's now producing. She's learned to divide her capital and also bought a piglet. She sells at the local market on Mondays, and the rest of the week is her cassava business, where she buys cassava oil and spices, makes croquettes, and sells them which is very profitable. The cost for materials is about 3,000 francs and she can sell them for 6,000. So five days a week, she goes to a different market where she can sell and make about 3,000 francs per day. With this business, her dream is now to buy a sewing machine and to start a tailoring shop. Another is Noel a street kid who roamed and stole food in order to feed his family. He says that he found Zoe, he found God, and was trained on how to start a business. The business he chose was a wholesale donut business, and he's even been able to hire a delivery boy. He makes 3,000 francs every one to two days after buying supplies and renting a small shop. He can buy his supplies from other Zoe kids in the area. 
He says he used to work as a laborer for food and would make 500 francs a day, which is about 40 cents, if he did get paid at all. He also worked for a donut maker, which gave him the idea of what business he should start. Now Noel can take care of his three siblings and his disabled father. He has been able to pay school fees and send his three siblings back to school. His dream is to make good profits and find a good place to live as his home is in disrepair. He dreams of having a cow so they can have milk to drink and a house with a water tank. I'm passionate about the Zoe model because as a missionary nurse in Kenya and Zimbabwe, I saw firsthand the desperate conditions of orphaned and vulnerable children. And I also saw other missions that did more harm than good. But Zoe has a different model. It's holistic, it's cost-effective, and it's community-based. It restores dignity and encourages the dreams of young people as they lead their own journeys out of poverty. Zoe is indigenous-led in eight African countries and expanding, and now in two places in India as well. In 2021, Zoe received the .org Global Impact Award for ending poverty out of over 300 global nonprofits. I'm excited to let you know that in June of 2024, the Gulf Central District Superintendent Emily Hotho is leading a Zoe trip to Rwanda to visit the district-supported group and to see the mission there. And there are still some spots open on that trip. So I invite you to pray and think about it, and I promise you, if you go, it will be inspiring and life-changing. If you'd like to get more information, you can check out the church website or the Zoe website at zoeempowers.org. You'll see trip information and lots of other amazing stories and data about the Zoe mission. Again, thank you so much, and may God bless you. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm inspired. This text inspires me. The stories inspire me. Mission is an awesome aspect of who we are and what we're called to be and to do, to partner with God and God's mission in the world. Christ is the foundation, but that foundation in Christ leads us into opportunities of healing and hope, of hospitality, and of becoming truly holy people people who love God and love others. Let me read that text to you just one more time in my own translation that kind of accentuates those four alls. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all those things that I have commanded. And remember, I am with you through all time to the end of the age. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you found Paul and Janet's message to us timely and compelling for you to think about what God might be calling you to do to make a difference in your community or even around the world. Here at Hyde Park, we have a wonderful list of missions partners that you can explore if you go to our Next Steps page on our website. And to allow the Holy Spirit to work on you through these upcoming days, 
look at the reflection questions that are in the notes below. Blessings to you. We'll see you next time.